Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky, and this week I am joined with Zach Cady. Hey, hey. And our very special guest host, Brett Freeman. Hi, everyone. All right, we got a short little episode. Just get you some content out there this week. We're just going to talk briefly about uh, a little topic that I think everyone's going to enjoy. But first thing we're going to do is get into some news. Uh, We have a new article from a friend of the show. Biophysical has a new article out on the Starfighter Mafia blog. We will link that in our description, so make sure you take a look at that. Uh, Next, we had the Buenos Aires... Hyper was it a hyperspace trial? No, it wasn't a hyperspace trial. It was the system open down there, and it was pretty interesting to watch. Did you catch any of it, Brett? Uh, I watched like the first two rounds, I think, on Saturday um, before you know life took over. Um, you know, the commentary was great. Dion was all the way down there. D uh, from Fly Better was the marshal. Uh, so I mean, it was really cool that everyone was able to support that and do that type of community event. Uh, you know, for an area that FFG has kind of forgotten about. Uh, it, it was really interesting seeing some of the lists that did pop up. Uh, inevitably, Kylo, Quickdraw, Tavson was the winner. Uh, other in the top four, we had five SFs with cluster missiles and passive sensors, which is pretty cool. Palp, a decimator, uh, Palp decimator with three naked inquisitors, and uh, we don't have the fourth list, but. It yay, was, fourth list. Yay, fourth list. It, it was really kind of cool seeing their meta as opposed to like what some of the other metas going around are. Um, obviously, Kylo, Quickdraw, Tavson has been popping around, so stop saying that FOs suck because Chris will bitch slap you if he hears you say that. Um, Argentina fascist joke. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, like I, I really like this SFs. I've played around with the SF... Um, just the generics in general. It's kind of cool seeing that pop up. It's a lot of hold of truth here. That's 30 health behind two green dice. Uh, and they're basically getting off these cluster missile shots with the passive sensors. Uh, that's something I would definitely take a look at because they can shoot the missiles out the back when they can just blow past you, shoot them out the back, and really kind of do some damage. Palp. And the decimator's been popping up a lot, so that's definitely something to take a look at. The Naked Inquisitors, it's been something that since the last points adjustment that they've really been popping up. We saw last week literally the Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor with uh, three Inquisitors and the shuttle pop up. So that, that's definitely something to take a look at if you're planning any events coming up. Nova's right around the corner if you're planning on going that. They're... These are some ships that you should definitely be taking a look at. And, I mean, right right off the bat, FOs look like they're right in front. So, I think people should be really eyeing up that stuff. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, I mean, I think the FOs have always been good. I think people shy away from it because of lack of options. The perception of lack of options. But, like, this 5SFs with cluster missiles list is crazy cool. Like, it's just cool. I mean, the one thing I will say, I do think, like, prior to the latest stuff coming out, I think Passive Sensors has helped SFs, generic SFs, quite a bit. So I think that's probably playing into it a bit. Yeah, I mean, I think they've always been up there. I think there's just this weird confirmation bias around, you know, there's not a lot of stuff I can play that's not Kylo and something. Yeah, Definitely, that that is one thing. So, like, I mean, like, just because something didn't get a points reduction or anything along those lines, like, 
whenever like new cards pop up into the game like it, you really have to kind of like just double check everything and like make sure you didn't miss anything that these new court cards could affect because obviously this is a big thing that it did passive sensors anything with the sensor slot like people are looking at whisper again with passive sensors obviously the sfs it's a really cool card yeah definitely like i'm very intrigued by passive sensors on b-wings turning b-wings into munitions carriers sounds like a lot of fun do they have a munition slot do they have a torpedo slot yeah they do that's crazy yeah but that it's interesting to see this pop up i mean we have i think a the world or the team championship coming up in two weeks so uh, i don't think we have anything showing up next weekend that i know of but with the Team championship showing up. I would take a look at those lists. They are posted all over the Facebook groups and all over the internet. So I, I would take a look at them and like really look, these are supposed to be some of the best players in the world that are going to this thing. So really kind of take a look at their list and see what you think of them. All right. Um, before we move on, do we have any shout outs that we want to do? Any like anyone have any shout outs? Zach, you had some tournaments this weekend, right? Yeah. So yesterday we had a tournament out at Gameskeep in Westchester. We had uh, 10 people come out. It was really nice, really fun. Only did three rounds, did a hangar bay format so people could get some practice with some different lists in and extended, especially kind of with an eye towards Nova. And uh, congratulations to uh, Chris, friend of the show, host of the show, not here tonight <laughs> because he was too busy partying his win last night. You heard it here first, he's hungover. He's did, wildly hungover. So honest question, did Chris just play the same list the entire time? No, he did switch oh. the last round. But it was two FO lists, two very sure. similar FO lists. Cool. Um, yeah, it was interesting to see the people that switched and didn't switch. And a lot of people just brought, I mean, I was going to do the same thing. We ended up with 10 players, so I didn't end up playing in it. But if I would have played, I was just going to bring two versions of the same double fire spray list <laughs> with a couple slightly different cards and just play around with which one I like better. And there's a fair bit of that. There's a few people that brought like two totally separate lists. Just but... different upgrades on the same list. Yeah, that's what I generally... I've done two or three of these hangar based now at Gamescape. Nice. And I've noticed that tends to be the way that people do it. It's just trying out different variations of the same list and getting their kind of test runs in. Sure. Brett, tell me about your run today. I heard you had a really good day. I, I had the worst day I've ever had in X-Wing. Uh, we had a tournament in Cloud City. Uh, it was pretty small with seven people. Um, but, uh, you know, a bunch of people from Philly went up. Um, Paul and I drove down from, from Scranton. So we had a nice mix. Um, Ted ended up winning uh, with his, like, 57, like, CIS ships. I don't even know which ones there are. There's just so many. There's no way to escape them all. Um, I managed to go 0-2 and get a buy to uh, avoid last place but it was it was a fun time for everyone but me i think <laughs> and also happy birthday ted it was also his birthday happy birthday ted and congrats congrats to chris but he doesn't need it um all right let's move into our first topic or our only topic of the night we're gonna go over initiative four ships like you always hear about the i5 meta the i6 meta you got like whisper vader fenral uh, Anakin, all these I six ships, and like you, they really kind of leave a shadow of you know, like over these I four ships. That it's kind of like sometimes there are good ships in there, but you won't bring them because 
A, they could just get arc dodged by an I-5 or I-6. They could just get initiative killed off the table. But there are some things to really kind of look at if you are... You know, if we ever go into a specific meta or anything along those lines, like these are some things that you should absolutely take a look at. Um, we're going to start it off with my favorite faction, Scum. I'm just going to rattle off a couple of them right now. We're not going to go through every I-4 in the faction because, there's, I mean, there's a ton for all the factions. So we're just going to go over what I think are some of like the best I-4 ships out there. Um, now, I, I'm going to like preface this by saying... Genesis Red is probably the second best Torp carrier, um, maybe in the game, probably not in the game, but I mean, so if you're not familiar with Genesis Red, her ability is when she takes a target lock, you discard all your green tokens and you gain whatever green targets or tokens your, the ship that your target locking has. So like, if they have a focus or evade, uh, you would gain a focus and evade token along with that. So, like, that's pretty cool. The problem is her ability is limited to things that are already, you know, actioned and focused up. So, it's kind of like it feels bad going on I-4 and it feels even bad when you have the first player token and, you know, you have to move first and the ship before you that you lock does not have any um does not have any tokens so I, I would keep that on your radar if you ever start seeing like very very heavy low initiative just beef list like that's something to take a look at but yeah so the uh, genesis red has this very special if, if veteran instincts ever comes back into the game that's the first thing i'm you know throwing on there i know people's ears probably just started bleeding by me saying that but it, it is definitely something to take a look at uh, next. Uh, imagine passive sensors on Genesis Red. That would be so good. Yeah, right? I mean, like, it, that, that is something that they could do. They could just throw a system slot on there and it would be fine. That, that could help the Seeks out a lot. Maybe we'll see that in the uh, next... Cause I, I, help my Seek babies. Help right. them. Is there anything in Scum? Okay, the uh, Aggressors can take system slot, but I think that's about it. Uh, M3As. No, they can't. Not the, no, um, not M3As. The um, Zuckus and Fordham. Zuckus ship. Yeah. yeah, they can take it. Okay, and then there's only one ship that can take it. The tech slot is the uh, jump man or the quad jump. So they need some help with some of these new ships. Maybe we'll see something soon. Uh, real quick, just rattling some of the other ones off. Uh, Lando surprisingly is an I four in the Falcon. I think he's something really cool that when you roll attack dice you can take a stress to re-roll your blanks um l3 in the shuttle is something that would be really cool to take a look at with something like his um with his ability because then you can just basically take the shields off when you get attacked and then you know you use her pilot ability i know a lot of people like lando i'm, I'm actually really surprised he is an i4 i think that's also like another ship that is very i don't know would you guys say like underrated in the scum faction i don't know or, if it's underrated so do you think do you think the yt is underrated in the scum faction or do you think it's just not that great i think the two die primary hurts it a lot i think it's just that you're bringing like a 50 60 point ship that's around two dice right like it with you know 75 minute rounds it just doesn't seem like it does enough like, I have a soft spot in my heart for some scum Han, and I still play him to this day. Mostly just because I think that ship is beautiful. 
but like it's best if it's like the third threat in your three ship list right and, and like that's about where it fits right uh, yeah it's one of those things that like there's so many conditions that need it to work that ship to work and like it a lot of times in every game you're not going to see it work like especially with jedi they're not stressing themselves to do that double reposition so it's kind of like yeah. it hurts it a lot yep um, so yeah i don't know maybe if we see resistance really take a splash because they're a pretty stress heavy faction right now but outside of that sure mm. yeah and a lot of these other ships that like i mean some of these other ships are kind of like they're very self-sustaining. They can do a lot of different tricks where it's kind of like this ship in particular requires a certain set of conditions to happen as opposed to like if those conditions don't happen, then like it's just kind of almost like a like a sitting duck. Yeah, I mean, if Scum ever got a gunner similar to what the Rebels have that lets it shoot twice out of the same arc then I could see it being a decent thing. What Rebels? But, uh, Bistin lets you do it. Oh. If you spend a focus token, Ezra lets you do it? Question mark? I don't think so. I could be wrong, but... I, yeah, I think people bring Ezra for that force charge. Let's look up Ezra. Go yeah, you can spend a force to perform a bonus from... No, yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Ezra's, Ezra's just glorified veteran turret gunner right yeah so but anyway like lando he's cheap enough that like you could just bring him if you want and uh, i mean like so lando in the falcon is a large base turret for 49 points it's not craziest thing but it's still pretty cool and then you throw the title and he's under 60 um but it's something to maybe like look at when you're having fun uh, the next one, Cad Solus. He is the I-4 in the Fang Fighter, and I really, like, he's got a really cool ability that whenever you execute, fully execute a red maneuver, you get two focus tokens. The reason this guy's bad is because for two points more, you get, A, you get old Terok, and you go up an initiative level. So it's kind of like, why not just take old Terok? So, if you, I mean, if you're bringing old Terok, like, definitely take a look at Cad Solus. If you're building, like, a Fang Fighter list and, you know, don't want to run Fen, Cad Solus is really cool because, you know, these ships in particular revolve around the focus tokens. Like, absolutely just they live and die if they have a focus token. And, you know, when you can, like, a lot of times I, I, I'm very against K-turning unless you have some kind of mods. And this basically essentially just gives you all those mods that you need that you can k-turn and uh do the talent rolls whenever you like so really take a look at cat solace if you want something there um i do want to pause on the fang fighters i think the fang fighters are a good antithesis example to what we're trying to explore here right like kind of getting into like the i4 topic is you know what does it take to make an i4 playable over an i5 or an i6 and the general answer to that is one of two things, right? Like either significantly cheaper or a very, very good ability. And I feel like the Fangs do it the opposite way. I think, you know, Old Tarok and Fen have the best abilities of any of the Fang ships. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, like they're just better and not that that much more expensive. So like you're not getting like either of the two things you need to want to play an I-4 out of fang fighters right like they're not significantly cheaper and they don't have a better ability i think they're like 
the opposite of what I feel like FFG was trying to do with I-4 ships. I don't know why they screwed that up. Right. You, you know, it's, it's funny because, like, a lot of these ships that we go over are going to be like, wow, if this thing was an I-6 or an I-5, it would just be completely busted. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, Lando's ability, or, you know, Justice Red's ability is a great example, right? If that was on an I-6, that'd be nuts. Right. So let me go over these next two. So Graz the Hunter is if you were ever behind, basically, it is if you're ever behind the turret, or a, I'm sorry, a target, whether it be attacking or defending, you get to roll an additional die. So imagine if that thing was an I-5, like him just being able to afterburners his way into the back of a ship and then get that extra die. That would be crazy. And so then my next one on my list is Dalen Oberos in the Starfighter. Whenever he completes a maneuver, he can get a stress token to rotate 90 degrees. This is like the only ship in the game that actually gets to do this. Like you go four straight and you essentially just turn your ship 90 degrees like that any way you want you can go straight you can go left like imagine having perfect information of the game and being able to do this it would probably be one of the most broken ships in the game with that being said yeah like it's it's going back to what we just said if like these ships were i five or six like these abilities would be completely busted so if we ever do come into that meta like where like the game is lower initiatives like these are some of the ships that you definitely want to take a look at um just because like the fact that you could you could even like sloop and with this thing and still rotate at 90 degrees like it's absolutely bonkers well i think the thing to point out there too is he's also 10 points cheaper than guri like that's a lot that's a lot right imagine advanced sensors a barrel with a star viper and then doing your maneuver and then rotating 90 degrees like that that's nuts like yeah that's just crazy that's just crazy town banana pants now okay so like, let's let's flip the page on this though like let's say does this thing have a spot like do like going basically graz the hunter and dale and obros like these are two ships that would be absolutely bonkers if they were in the like higher initiative range do they have a spot now in the meta or not even just the meta in the game with the initiative four like do you think that they are playable and what would your example be i think grass is a yes dalen is a maybe so i think so i've used grass a decent bit like since 2.0 started um he's probably actually my most used Kirax pilot that's not <laughs> saying much because Kirax is but out of all of them he's probably my most used sure and he's good at being like at the very least a good distraction right like nobody because of his ability like people overthink his ability quite a bit and go yo i don't want him behind me i'm gonna turn towards him which like the list that i was flying i think was nim gurry like a fat gurry and him and it was like cool you want to turn at grass then gurry is just gonna be behind you which is worse but that's fine. I yeah, go he, after my naked grass. He's definitely a distraction. Like it's kind of like he punches hard when he can, and if you ignore him, he's going to just shred your ships. Yeah. So I think he's definitely got a place. It takes a little bit of creative thinking, but he's definitely got a place in the meta. As far right. as Dalen, uh, I don't know. 
if you're in a meta where you've got if your local meta is slightly lower not quite ace heavy but i don't know around here around philly like we're such an ace heavy area i don't know even at 54 points maybe throw him in as filler sometime and see if you like him but eh I'm I'm not sold on Dallin. Like even just like trying to think of like going up against like an Anakin or Mace or any of the Jedi. Like I just feel like he's so out of place that they're just gonna arc dodge him regardless if he rotates into that optimal spot. Like it's hard to justify taking that stress for this purpose. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe if your local meta has a bunch of I four Jedi and you want to take a super deep bid, then maybe he's a great I four Jedi hunter. But then, like you said, then Anakin just kills him anyways, and there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so that really kind of touches base with Scum. Like, obviously, you have the IG-88s in there, and we talked about them. I've been flying them. They're okay. I'm not going to sit here and talk about IG anymore, because they do have a place in the game. Like, IG control bots, like, if you have not seen control bots in second edition, like, it's one of, like, the most NPE experiences watching. Just, like, your opponent, like get ioned and then just be like okay so we're not going to talk too deep into them but uh some of my honorable mentions are uh tarani kolda and the chemo gila like his ability is really kind of cool when it does go off but the problem yeah. is it, yeah tarani kolda is really cool especially if you do something like cluster missiles where you can basically shoot again and ensure that that thing's taking damage at least two points of damage um but Good luck trying to get that bullseye arc ever off with I-4. Um, Bosk is a really good one, I think. It's hard. You know, I know people are like, well, you can't force the crit anymore. But, I mean, when that thing does crit, it's an automatic direct hit. Like, no matter whether it's got shields or not. Uh, Morello, the same thing. It's a little wonky. And Drew really kind of sits in that same um, life of I-4 is just not I-5. And he's going to basically like not surviving it and and, like especially with the meta that we're in now like you're seeing high ship counts and with the how low of points the drew is it just doesn't make sense that he's ever going to be beyond range two of anything else like unless and then if he is he's just getting blown up um but these are some things to take a look at like like i said if i had to pick two of these ships or pilots my two would be probably bosk and I'd say probably Graz the Hunter, honestly. Um, I wouldn't disagree. Okay. I think. You would you would you pick Tarani? I know you used to run Tarani a little bit. Uh yeah, I've been trying down a bit. I mean, I'm just happy that Tarani works the way that he should have worked in 1.0. Right. I have fond memories of a 1.0 tournament at Top Deck where I ran Tarani before we got the bad ruling on him and we were using him properly. And yeah, he just wrecked faced. Right, but I don't know. I, I guess I mean, it depends. If you've got a bunch of big ships in your meta, then actually his ability is going to go off quite a bit. Sure. Are you going to say something, Brett? I was also just going to say that you know when big ships are around, Tarani is really, really good. Sure. Um, and when it's little small ships, then yeah, good luck trying to get that thing in a bullseye. No, I definitely get that. Um, but yeah, that, that's my thoughts on Scum. Like, I fours have a place in the game. Um, uh, they are. These are some. I would definitely say some kind of filler ships. If you're looking to get some like specific things out there like these are the ships that like i think are worth filler at least um but let's move on to empire now brett you've probably besides chris you're probably our empire player so why don't you take this one 
Sure. Uh, I mean, an empire has, I don't know, like I think a thousand might be the accurate amount of I-4s. Um, my favorite one is probably Echo. Um, I, I love Whisper, and Whisper is just getting really expensive, um, and Echo kind of can fill in as a, uh, a nice substitute. You know, sexy decloaks where you get to do the barrel roll, or the, I'm sorry, the, the banks instead of the, the two straights. Um, you can really be anywhere you want to. Um, you know, collision detector is just so great on Echo um, to, to really screw with your opponent's head. Um, you know, and as always, Fifth Brother and Juke can really make a, a ship phenomenal. So that's probably my favorite one. The Strikers have two really good ones, Countdown and Sabak. Um, you know, Countdown is the one where uh, you can take a stress to basically cancel out all the dice results and just take one damage. So if you're able to get Countdown to the end game, uh, I mean, it's going to take four turns to, to get that down if it's just a 1v1 situation. So Countdown really... Uh, provides a lot of a lot of damage protection there, uh, and Kursabak kind of uh, has has two nice things. First, that four die primary uh, when there are less than two damage cards. You know, we all know that that four dice and five at range one can just be completely devastating in 2.0. Um, and because of that effect, people, you know, kind of like you were talking about with Graz, they really want to. Go right at Sabak, so he kind of has a bigs effect where, you know, the rest of your your other ships can kind of do whatever they want to while everyone's focusing on Sabak. Um, so I think those might be my two favorites. Vinder, we all know about Vinder. I mean, he's he's great. When he's disarmed, he gets an additional green die, so he becomes way tankier. Um, and if you put uh, any of the titles on him, he can still attack when he's disarmed, so that's not really that big of a deal. And you put them with Jendin in a palp shuttle and just sort of go and murder people with proton torps and, and advanced proton torps. Uh, and we've, you know, that's a known quantity. So, yeah, I, I feel I don't like think there's anything is too the... new to talk about with him. Kagi is one of the, the shuttle pilots. And if you're in a meta that has a lot of torpedoes, uh, you know, Kagi should be stapled in your list. At the beginning of engagement, so after everyone's already done their target lock shenanigans unless passive sensors is involved. Uh, you get to basically pick all of your ships within 0 to 3 if you want and transfer all lock tokens to Kagi. So you reinforce, you pull off those torpedoes, and your aces live to uh, to see another day. Um, it, it was really kind of funny like watching like the beginning of 2nd edition kind of transform with Kagi, and like he, he really did bring a staple because like torpedoes were so cheap that they everyone was taking them. Like, now you're maybe seeing, like, one torpedo on a list where, like, as opposed to before, you would see, like, maybe, like, two or three torpedoes in a list. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when they were nine points or eight points, whatever they were, I mean, there was really no reason not to take them. The value was, was there, and Kagi was, was perfect in that. And if what I saw today is any any example, we might be back in another torpedo meta. Um, and if that's the case, you know, just slot Kagi in there. Uh, he's not really any more expensive than uh, than the other shuttle pilots, maybe a point or two. And, you know, if you save your your Vader or Whisper or Soontir from taking a torpedo, it's, it's more than made up for itself. Yeah, no, do you really think, though, we'll be popping back up into, like, a torpedo meta? Like, I, I so know I, maybe so with plasma torpedoes being a little bit cheaper, but, I mean, do we think that we'll see more more than one proton torpedo on a list, and if so, is Kagi worth it? So, 
again, I'm, I'm just talking about what I saw today, but of the other six people who were there, um, I think five of them had munitions. So, I mean, it, it's not just torpedoes, right? I mean, sure. CIS is really doing a lot with, uh, you know, um, either torpedoes or energy shell charges. And now with those pro droids, so much easier to get out there, uh, you know, People are getting that lock before they fire off their probe droids or their energy shells. So, I, I mean, I hope we're not in an ordnance meta. I, I don't like ordnance personally, but um, you know, it, they're they're not too exp- the options that are out there. Okay. So the next one I want to talk about. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, is is Ved Falzo? Um, so this is in a you know a tie advanced X one, um, and I want to get Zach's opinion on this because this is basically a better version of R2A6, which he had great success on with Anakin. But so this one is when you execute a maneuver, you can execute a maneuver of the same bearing and difficulty of a speed one higher or lower. So unlike R2A6, where you actually have to change the dial, so it has to be a maneuver that's on your your dial, Ved Falzo, you can just perform maneuvers that other TIE Advanced X1s cannot perform. Um, so this seems like a great ability. If this was on an I-6, I mean, this would be the best ship in the game, probably. Um, but, I mean, Zach, what do you think of being on an I-4? Is, is it worthwhile at all? Would you put R2A6 on Mace, for instance? <sighs> probably not, to be honest. Like, I remember this ship in 1.0. It wasn't Fed Fulso at that point. I can't remember what her name was. It was something else. Juno Eclipse, I think. That was it. Brent with the memory. Uh, and at the time, like, when it was announced in 1.0, I was, like, super stoked on it. And then, like, I got my hands on it, and I was like, oh, like, this actually isn't super. Yeah. I just... It might be okay level, but I don't know if it's good. I think, like, R2A6's yeah. strength is I6. Yeah, I completely agree, right? And that shows why R2A6 probably should be initiative-based. Um, yeah. Because... Right here, we have a better version on an I-4 that, that it doesn't sound like any of us would, would even really bother putting on the table, except for fun. And, yeah, those are basically know. the same as, like you said, putting R2A6 on a CLT mace window. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> eh. Maybe it comes in handy once or twice a game. Maybe. Um, so the defenders have a nice couple of options. They have uh, Countess Ryad, they have Colonel Vessery, um, and then just a regular defender riad is not quite as good as she was in first edition because now uh all of her k turns are going to be white instead of blue um but you know she's also not getting stressed uh, anywhere near as much so that's not too big of a deal um and Vessery has the same ability as, as first edition if if you're shooting someone that one of your your guys has locked uh he's gonna get a lock it's a, it's a great ability it's just he's so expensive that what are you really gonna put him in i mean he's 84 points naked which is Six points more than Vader with hate, fire control, and afterburners. Um, uh, I mean, I think that's the other thing too. Is what all an Empire takes locks these days compared to first edition? Yeah, no, that's very true, right? I mean, so Vader seems like the ship you might want to to run him with because if you have FCS on him, you're probably not spending that target lock because you're going to want to also be able to make that that hit a crit. Um, so. I, I agree. There's not really many great options. I guess maybe you could put them with Vinder, and you know, but then who else are you putting in there to get Vinder that target lock? It it just really seems like he's too expensive at this point to to make it work. Yeah. Um, which is you know unfortunate. 
Um, and he's not someone that passive sensors is really going to help because they need that other ship needs to have the lock at the time he's he's firing. Yep. Um, Unfortunately, the colonel got a desk job. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, Major Vermeil, he's you know pretty pretty well known. Um, when you know the other ship doesn't have a green token, he he has first edition guidance chips. Um, he hits really hard. Um, I've run it before with composure on him, so that way I can try and jam. Um, really aggressively, um, you know, even if you're in that spot where you're like, oh, God, is this actually range one or not? Well, if I'm wrong, okay, it's not a big deal. I'll get my focus token, and I'll still hit really hard. Um, it's a it's a pretty solid platform. You can throw a bunch of crew options on there. Um, I I mean, I played you round one in Toronto with my Vermeil list, where you basically throw Vader crew on Vermeil, and... Being able to spend that force to either strip a fo- or strip a token off of someone or have them take a damage like was huge with Vermeil because then when they do that, then you're all basically activating Vermeil's ability with it, which was crazy. I mean, the one problem I think Vermeil has though is he dies. Like you don't want to put too many points onto this guy because like he's got one agility. Um, behind what eight health so he's gonna take shots and he is going to blow up is the problem i think they're behind it yeah i completely agree and and that's why i haven't really liked putting vader on him even though i agree like that's that combo seems made in heaven right you know next to the you know whisper with juke combo that's that's probably the best and obviously he can't go on whisper anymore um but you know at that point vermeil is becoming significantly uh, more expensive than I would want him to be because every time I've run him, you know, he does die really quickly. Um, so, you know, he, he's cool. He, he's obviously, um, you know, a, a pretty solid crew carrier and, um, the, you know, probably the best of the Reapers, but I, I still think he's just got too many drawbacks. Sure. Um, Death Rain. Death Rain is great, right? You, you know, you drop or launch a bomb, you, you get to perform an action, so you you can get those double mods on torpedoes um, pretty easily. With delayed fuses, you, you get some some cool options too, either dropping or launching bombs, and then, uh, you know, they're, they're staying for a hopefully more useful turn. Um, you know, so Death Rain was, was all over the place um, back before the first points change, um, and... You know, maybe he can pop back up, especially with Redline still being, uh, you know, a bit more expensive than, than people want, um, you know, to really kit him out, right? Uh, Inferno Swarm, you know, I, I think everyone yeah, knows Inferno Swarm. It's there. Yeah, it's there. It's really good. Um, you know, there's nothing really to talk about with that. Um Kestel can sometimes be kind of interesting if for some reason... Hold up, hold up. We are talking about a TIE Aggressor. I mean, we're talking about a TIE Aggressor because it's got a cool PS4, let's be honest. Right. Um, but So let, uh, let me read this ability real quick. While you're performing yeah. attack, after the defender rolls defense dice, you may spend one focus token to cancel all the defender's blank and focus results. Yeah, so I mean, it, it kills... Jedi, it kills Does gas clouds. It? Well, I'm, I, I mean, I can tell you that I, I rely on having those force a lot when I'm flying Jedi. Sure. So it it definitely it definitely at least hurts a lot. I mean, I guess Kestel's not really hitting me for that much, so it's probably not hurting that bad. But uh, it would definitely make me sad. Now you're also right. spending a focus to do it. But... Hot take. Hot take. 
Kestel with munitions and Lieutenant Sai on the board. Is it good then? I mean, it, it's certainly better. I mean, I love Lieutenant Sai. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, the, the munitions you're normally going to want to put on that thing are going to be, um, you know, your barrage rockets. So you, you need that focus. You know, you don't have to spend it to fire it, obviously. But you're really then dealing with a, a three-die attack that's not going to be modified um, too much and then doing your cool trick. You heard uh, it if there here was a way... first, guys. <laughs> Lieutenant Kestel is going to be the Jedi killer in 2nd edition. I, I guess that's one way to take what I said. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I think that's most of the, the cool ones that I wanted to talk about, at least. They're, they're, they're fun, but I don't think any of them are really meta-defining unless the defenders just keep dropping in price and then you can fit them in with some really cool toys all right so vendor aside because we know vendor is crazy good already um and, and let's take countdown as a out too if you had to pick two i4s as filler who would you take so well i i want to fly whisper and whisper is really expensive so i'd probably take echo um, and I, I do put Kagi in lists. So right now, those would be my two. Although I just am staring at those defenders and wanting to put them back on the oh, table. The defenders are so much fun. It's so hard to kill them, too. It, it really is. What about you, Zach? Uh, Kestel. <laughs> Kestel. And Echo. Kestel and Echo. I, I've got the strangest feeling that on Thursday night I'm going to walk in and you're going to have Kestel on the table. I'm like seriously intrigued right now by like Kestel with munitions, Psy, and then like something else. Psy with Palpatine. But, yeah, so if you bring Palpatine, you can mod that shot and save that focus for defense. Well, and for Psy, like Psy coordinates him, so he'll have a focus and a target lock, hopefully. And put Fifth Brother on him. <laughs> and then he, then he's got two force, and you know you're only dealing with like a you know, hundred and twenty points of your list probably for this cool trick. <laughs> but Kestel's only fifty points at that point with Barrage Rockets and Fifth Brother. That's not bad. All right, so I, I I'm oh, I'm intrigued. Like if this somehow worked, like the problem being like. <laughs> Kessel's probably going to die before he even gets sh- uh, a shot off. Like probably that he is yes. only five health. Um, okay, so yeah, that's. I, I would definitely say like Imperials have the loaded up of this question. Like my vote is definitely like Riad. Like Riad, I think is just still good. Like she's a lot of points, but like she's worth every point that she has. Um, Doing those K turns, like she's never getting blocked because unless they accurately guess which K turn you did. Um, but yeah, she she's a blast to play, and Echo Echo is fun. It's basically the Star Viper of the Imperials, um, and it's pretty cool. So they're my two. Uh, but let's move on to the Rebels. Zach, do you want to take this one? Yeah, I'll talk about some Rebels. Sure. Jonathan, we love you wherever you are. <laughs> I hope you're listening to us in uh, California, Jonathan. Or heaven. We don't know which. He posted something wow. on Facebook today. Oh my god. Safe tra- travels back, Jonathan. Hey, if someone goes out of my life, I assume they're dead. Oh. Remember all right, that all so let's, let's hit up Rebels. What, all wait. Right. 
what is the quote from the new trailer that uh even though someone dies they're never truly gone or whatever it is i don't know that sure hope <laughs> shit like that i'm gonna have to edit that in all right so let's go let's hit up rebels all right so speaking of hopey shit <laughs> rebels uh so yeah so rebels actually have like are pretty similar to imperial since they've got a large number of i4s that are kind of separated into like a few different things so right off the bat i'm gonna go over the ones you already knew i'm not really gonna go over them because we don't need to talk about them but like we all know jake farrell in an a-wing is good boom that's it i don't talk about him anymore braylon and 10 numb and b-wings also both fantastic again don't really need to talk about them uh, a little bit lesser known, but have popped up quite a bit back in Rebel Beef days was Horton and Dutch in the Y Wings. Like again, both of them have great, great abilities, especially if you're going for munition type stuff. But you've seen them, and then finally, uh, Rourke and the Hawk. Uh, we saw that in the short-lived crappy Dash days, and yeah, just don't need to see him come back at all. Uh, so yeah, so those ones you've already seen, you've already heard. Now to get into some of the lesser seen ones that I think really, really deserve a bit of a look. So I think some of the first ones I want to talk about is Bodie Rook in the U-Wing. Like, U-Wings are super popular, but we actually don't see Bodie all that often, which I'm honestly a little bit surprised about. I think there's a space in the metaphor. So if you don't know what Bodie does, Bodie's ability is... As long as Bodhi's on the board, you can target lock anything at range 1 to 3 of any friendly ship. So that way opens up all of your target lock options. And if you do, like, Bodhi with Leia crew and then some munitions carriers, that seems like it could be pretty good. Like, I'm kind of, like, playing around in my head with, like, a Bodhi, Jake Farrell, and, like, a couple X-Wings with Torps kind of thing. And, like... Jake plays the rabbit and just gives you something out in the middle of nowhere that can get target locks at range 1 to 3. And then everything else gets to shoot. I don't know. It's so the only time I the only time I've ever seen Bodie was uh with Tristan and he was flying Bodie with like I don't know five or six A-wings with homing missiles and it it was pretty cool how on turn 2 everyone's got their lock ready to fire off that homing missile if you're if you're going to make them roll the dice. Yeah, and um, that'll yeah, make yeah, a yeah. lot of aces really scared. Oh, 100%, yeah. So, I mean, that's a pretty neat trick. It's better than spinning. Womp womp. Move along. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, other interesting I-4s, I think Blount. So we saw actually a, quite a bit of Blount early on in 2.0. Um, so Blount's ability, for those that don't know it off the top of their heads. While you perform a primary attack, if there's at least one other friendly ship at range 0 to 1 of the defender, you may roll one additional attack die. So Blount became better in Drew. Yes. In 2.0. Like, just straight up better in Drew. And, like, we saw him a lot. Like, Ted flew him at the last group championship in, like, a four-ship rebel list. And, like, I saw him bouncing around a lot of four-ship rebel, five-ship rebel in the early days of 2.0. And, like, he's a solid little ship. He's only 30 points. Like, 30 points for a soft X-Wing? That's not some bad filler. Yeah, I'm a little curious why he did drop off. Like, I mean, 
just sitting him even in the back, like, if he is at range one, then doesn't he shoot four dice? Yeah, he does. Yeah, so, I mean, like, that's that's pretty decent. Like, I, I'm surprised that he did drop off that hard. Just as yeah. I mean, it, does be, it does have to be another friendly ship, uh, I think. okay, it's um, not. Yes. Okay. Yes. But still, I mean, it's, it's not hard to, to trigger his ability. And, yeah. you know, 30 points for three dice is really solid. Right. Yeah, so maybe worth looking at some filler, especially with Rebel Beef going up in cost overall. I mean, there's maybe a place for a U-Wing, you know, Braylon, Picker, X-Wing, B-Wing out, and then him. I mean, Wedge and Blount. That seems like a pretty solid list to me. But what do I know about Rebel Beef? Oh. Uh, going down the list on the X-Wing front, I think X-Wings have a number of amazing I-4 pilots. Uh, Colby Sperato actually has a stupidly good ability. After he does a booster barrel roll, he can flip his configuration card. So being able to do the focus to a red boost and then go from closed to open and then attack it full power again. Like, that's another one of those abilities, right? That if that was on an I-5 or an I-6 X-Wing would be nuts. That'd be ridiculously good. Uh, Garvin, anybody who played 1.0 knows, loves Garvin, passing focus tokens around. The only thing that hurts him a little bit in 2.0 is the fact that you actually have to have a focus result nowadays rather than just spending it on blanks. Uh, But still very good. And then, what was it, five episodes, six episodes ago, we mentioned Jack Porkins. My boy, Porkins. Still have to play him. I have his alt art. Uh, but yeah, he can, whenever he takes a stress, remove it, and then roll a die, and possibly take damage, and blow up and kill himself. Which he usually does. But, it's fun for that three seconds when it doesn't blow up. Super thematic. Yeah, it's great. Uh, on the Garvin train, I think the I-4 arcs are also really good. I think people are starting to finally look at Rebel arcs again, after the success of Republic arcs. The arc is a good ship. Like, it just is. It's steady. It's nothing exciting, but it's a steady ship. And Garvin has the same ability on the arc that he has in an X-Wing, passing focus tokens around. Shara Bay also has a fantastic ability in the arc. Uh, While you defend or perform a primary attack, you may spend one lock you have on the enemy ship to add one focus result to your dice results. I know I've seen a local around here, Matt, has been playing Garvin and Shara in the same list. That way, Shara always has her focus. And it just makes it so that she can decide whether she wants to spend a target lock to add a focus or to actually reroll dice. So I played Matt today, and uh, yeah, it was. He, he did he did very well with that. It was a nice combo. And Shara, I mean, Shara's got the exact same ability that Nora had in first edition. And I mean, Nora yeah. hit like a truck. And I think when yeah. Shara, you know, gets figured out, she's going to hit just as hard and and could really be a force. Yeah, definitely. I would agree. Uh, and then one of the last ones that I really want to go in-depth on is a ship that in 1.0 had a special place in my heart for a very ridiculous store championship win, which is Wolf Waro in the Ozatek gunship. So a uh, good old wolfy boy. His ability actually didn't change between 1.0 and 2.0. So while you perform primary attack, 
you're damaged, you may roll one additional attack die. So he goes into full-on Wookiee Rage mode. And it's so good. You just throw a hull upgrade on him and just let him rage on things. Like, a hull upgrade on him is only 59 points. That's still high. I still think the Austin Tucks are three to five points too expensive. But even without that, like... 59 point hull upgrade him is seven hull, two shields, and then lots of angry dice throwing. So I think he's worth a look. I think he's worth a look. He is still pretty darn tanky, especially when you consider, you know, the fact that they've got the reinforced action still. I think Oz Detectives are going to make a bounce back at some point. Definitely. I mean, like, the, the, we were talking about this earlier, but, like, I, I think one of the things about the Oz Attack is kind of like, why would you ever bring it when you can bring a B Wing? Um, now, granted, they have the reinforced action, but they don't have any kind of re rolls or, like, anything like that. Uh, any kind of modding of the dice that uh, they're missing. And, like, maybe the, it's just one ability or ship to be released that like could change that completely around yeah yeah i think there's they're worth taking a look on i mean i think back in 1.0 i jokingly ran wolf with lando and i think lando could still be really good on him shockingly focus evade on a nine health ship or eight health ship with a 182 arc seems solid maybe Maybe. i mean maybe uh, the the problem with that is that you are giving up that reinforced action. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. Reinforced action is definitely the best action on them. I don't know. But what I think if you have Jake? There. Yeah, what if you have Jake? Huh? What if I just make a list of all these I-4s, Andrew? Oh, right, right. Uh, well, big Jake, that's fine. This is fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then just like some of the other I-4s that I think are worth a look. I'm not going to go too deep into them. Saw Guerrera in a U-Wing is pretty solid. You know, re-rolling an attack die if it's damaged. Or any friendly ship at range 2 to 3 re-rolls an attack die if it's a damaged ship. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of abilities that you need to hurt yourself in order to get it off. But it seems okay. Uh, Chewy in the YT. Basically similar but less good than he was in 1.0. I think Chewbacca, kind of similar to the Fang Fighter talk we had, right? Like, he's hurt by the fact that Lando and Han are just straight better than him. Right. It used to be in 1.0 that you kind of vacillated between Han and Chewie, because Chewie was still good. Like, I just don't take crits. That's fine. But now that his ability isn't quite there, and he's not that much cheaper than everyone else, eh. He's only 9 points cheaper than Han, only 7 points cheaper than Lando. They both have better abilities. You probably just take one of them. Right. Uh, Miranda, sad trumpet sound. So sad. Uh, I mean, she's still, she's still there. Does she fit into the same category of Lando in the Scum Falcon? <sighs> yeah, I, I mean, would say so. Like we've seen quad. K wings like really perform, but like at, at the same time, like I, I feel like Miranda just she might be in that bubble of 
like 1.0 PTSD that they really kind of like nerfed a lot of these like super powerhouses in second edition, yep. like Miranda, the low Rick, um, some of the like other key pieces that they just like uh, Dengar, for example. Um, like, I-, I think they did this on purpose and like, she'll never be back to like the powerhouse that she once was in first edition. I mean, I think there's also a bit of, again, like, community bias against her because she's not as good as she was in 1.0. I still think she's a good ship. Throw barrage rockets on her, and that's 51 points. Sure. Like, that's 51 points of 9 health, being able to slam. You've got, what, you know, barrage rockets at the front. Put your bow tie out the sides. I mean, yeah, the fact that she can't regen shields unless she doesn't have any, but she can still regen shields. I don't know. I don't think she's as bad as the community made her out to be, but she's definitely not her 1.0 self. Great. Mm, maybe. Uh, I mean, they, they do have a gunner slot on the K-Wing, right? Yes. Um, yeah. They do. This might be something to take a look at, like, with the gunner, I mean, does Bistan? Yeah, so Bistan, after you perform a primary attack, if you're focused, you may perform a bonus terror attack against each ship if you have not already attacked this round. I mean, it would be cheeky, but you could totally put that in perceptive co-pilot on her and regen and then shoot again. Maybe yeah, even spending the true. shield. Um, to get that up to a three or four days attack. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think there's just a lot of points. It's her. like, yeah. Then you're putting her at a lot. Yeah. A lot of points. I'm not gonna do the math. It's a <laughs> lot. Uh, yeah. And then I think the last uh, I four ship I just want to mention in Rebels is Gavin in the E wing. Who uh, again took some 1.0 pilot's ability that I don't remember the 1.0 pilot's name. Itanabot. There we go. Ethan. <laughs> Ethan, yes. Uh, but yeah, he took Ethan's ability, so on a friendly ship, performs an attack. If the defender's in your front arc, the attacker may change one hit to a crit. Still a very good ability. I think he suffers from the E-Wing overcostedness. Yeah, so, like, I mean, like, you've heard me say Corrin is absolutely fine, but, like, this is a support ship ability. Yeah, support ship at 61 points. Right. And, yeah. and like, the E-Wing is not a support ship like yeah. period like so th- i see that yeah i, th- so, I think he's there mm. i see what you're saying but i think he's really good i mean i think he's priced pretty well and I mean, he turns wedge into just this crit monster when he's got torpedoes and I mean, you can just destroy a ship every turn potentially with those two until gavin blows up in one turn Oh, I mean, I don't think that happens. <laughs> I mean, the what they got like six health. They do have three, six health behind now. three green dice. They're, now, they're... I, I think I he's fine. Uh, like I said, it, it just like the E wing doesn't feel like a support ship, like just the chassis itself, and like for it to be a support, you know, ability, like it just seems silly. But I'm not, you know, dissing his ability because it is very good. And we saw, I saw it on stream this past weekend. And it was, like, interesting seeing just them push out those crits when they normally wouldn't. Like, and, and any one of those crits can definitely sway the game. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, like, 
I think he's... My issue with him is his ability is best when you have more ships on the board. But at his point cost, he really only fits into like a three-ship rubber list. Yeah. To make it good. Like, I mean, the fact With the that... wedge side of things, like, if you put wedge with munitions and him in a list, then you've only got, like, 70, 60 points left to play around with. Max. Right. The fact that, like, he works on himself, like, it, it basically is a auto-crit machine, which is pretty decent, I guess, like... Yeah, I mean, that's giving you three ships that can crit. But yeah, like I said, I feel like he's one of those Law of Diminishing Return ships. Right. And he's just priced at a point that he can't actually do that. All right. So let's recap this. If you had to pick one ship out of here to take, what one would it be? If you're filling in a list. Uh, Wolf. Wolf or Colby Sparato. I do like Colby Sparato's ability. It's really good. Like having an X-Wing that can boost and then still attack with three to four dice is solid. No, definitely. Um, like I said, uh, I think the Wolf is probably, like, why would you ever take him as opposed to, I know this is a loaded question, but why would you ever take him over when you could just take Braylon or Tenum? but, I mean... I mean, yeah, if we're talking about which Rebel I-4 I would take, it's right. Braylon. It's Braylon. <laughs> Obviously, but if... Let's say you are taking Braylon, Tenum, and you wanted another I-4. Maybe you take him. Yeah, or Blount. I do think, seriously think, at 30 points. Hold up. Like, Did we just come up with a list? Braylon, <laughs> Tenum, Wolf, and Blount? We might have. It might be a thing. It probably That's... <laughs> But it might be a thing. Yeah, just throw Wolf in there, range one, because he wants to be in there with that 180-degree arc, and then he's shooting five dice. It's fine. Yeah, this is fine. Everything's fine. Oh my god, we're we're gonna call this the Liberty, the Liberty Squad special. Oh god. <laughs> uh, Brett, would you do you have any other? Uh, would you change your mind if you or would you take Wolf or Colby? So my heart wants to take Miranda, but honestly, I would take Gavin. I've seen Paul fly Gavin so much, and I just know how devastating those crits can be. Um, so I I think that has a lot of value on itself. So I'd go Gavin. Okay. All right, so we're going to we hit the big three factions. We'll blow through these smaller factions real quick, get you out of here on your way. Uh, so I'll take over for First Order since Chris isn't here to talk about them for about an hour. Uh, Scorch is really good. He's the FO in the TIE Fighter that he can take a stress to roll an additional attack die. Um, he's good. You should be using him. There's nothing more to it. Like the, He's four health behind three dice. It, it's good. He's great filler. He's absolutely there. Uh, backdraft. You've heard me probably talk about Backdraft a ton. He is, what, like 40... 39 points naked. You don't need to put anything else on him. You can throw Advanced Optics or something on there. But you don't even need to put the SF Gunner on there because he's fine the way he is. Backdraft is 100% great filler. I don't care what anybody else has to say. You should be using him if you have 39, 45 to 45 points left over in that list. Like, he's great. And if you think I'm wrong, then you're wrong. Um, and then last one in that we're going to talk about in first order is Recoil. He is the forgotten silencer that he is while you are stressed you can treat enemy ships in your front arc at range zero to one as being in your bullseye arc so 
it's pretty cool. Like he can do things with Crackshot, even though they are not in the Bullseye arc. He can do things like marksmanship. Like these are just the givens. Even though there's like a good chance that like you've probably boosted and barrel rolled to get into that range. These are just kind of like bonuses where like it's an I four silencer that like is going to put the hurt like and he's only fifty eight points so like sixty points for a silencer with marksmanship like that could be something to look at as well I mean right there Sire, recoil and backdraft after a hundred points and then you can fill the rest out with whatever you want um, but that's about it for the first order from me so let's jump into the the republic uh zach you got this again they're the i4 faction (laughs) i4 with obi-wan and anakin that's it like we all know them the i4s that we all know and love mace sassy barris technically but whoever takes her uh wolf in an arc yeah they're all there they're all good Padme, we're not seeing as much as I thought we would. I think people are still enamored by Rick at I-5, but Padme, really good. Also, Anakin in an N1. Something that I really want to explore more is Anakin in an N1 as a Torp carrier. Like He's really good as a Torp carrier. His only downside is that means you can't bring Anakin in a Delta. That's literally his only downside. Yeah, I, but that's I'm 100% aware of that. So... I don't know. I'm going to be playing around with that more. And then Kickback exists if you're so inclined to take a torrent. I guess. <laughs> I don't know why you would. I mean, his ability, if you perform a barrel action, you may perform a red target lock action. So he gets a linked target lock instead of the linked evade, but he's, he's still an I-4 torrent. For yep. 33 points. That's a thing you could do. But you shouldn't. All right. Uh, so, and that's the faction. What's that? And that's the faction. And that's the entire faction. Um. So yeah, <laughs> CIS is very limited too. They only, I think, only have two I fours. Uh, one of them being crazy, uh, being Grievous. I'm sorry. And he's honestly, if Grievous was an I five, like he would be just absolutely broken. Like Grievous's ability, and I'm not even saying this because of stupid, sexy Grievous alt art. I'm saying because when you perform the primary attack, if you are not in the defender's firing arc, you can re-roll up to two dice. So, I mean, with a barrel roll and boost into a link, like, if he was any higher initiative, like, that would be completely broken. To basically have a target lock and a focus every single round would absolutely be nuts. Um, These things are crazy hard to kill, like... So his ability is still going to go off, but at the same time, I mean, he's I-4, he's going to get overshadowed by the I-5, I-6 meta. Um, I know with the Nantex coming out, they did spoil that we are getting one of the, an I-6 in Separatist, but like, his ability is really cool because like, like I said, like, it's going to go off one or two times a game, and like, they... The Belbalob isn't, like, a ship that you fly on your own. It's one of those tactical relay ships that rely kind of on having the Vulture Joys and the Hyenas swarming around it. So, if that was, like, the case, then, holy crap, I'd be all on board for that ship. Um, Especially, like I said, with the modification and the title, it is really hard to kill those things. 
The other ship is DBS-404. It's pretty cool because when you're at range 1 of something, you get to roll 4 attack dice. He's only 2, but then I believe... Let me read this ability real quick. So when you perform a primary attack, while you perform an attack at range 0 to 1, you must roll 1 additional dice. So he's at 2 with range 1 and then the additional... And then after the attack, you suffer one critical damage. So he's kind of a drawback, but at the same time, it's 30 points. Like, it's a 30-point filler ship that you can just throw in there to try to maximize damage. Jam it in their face, do what you have to do with it, and then, you know, clean up the rest with your swarm. So it is really something kind of cool that, like, is special to the uh, CIS faction, to the Separatists. So I I would take a look at that and, like... These basically are the aces of this faction right now, so there's no reason put, you shouldn't be taking these things, I think. And put advanced proton torpedoes on DBS-404, and six dice is just <laughs> kind of fun to throw. Um, yeah, you can't equip a torpedo, though. That's the, that's my only drawback to these stupid hyena bombers, is some of them have torpedo slots, some of them do not. He's got the missile slot, but the uh, advanced proton rocket is that what it is? Or the proton rocket? He's got advanced proton torpedoes, or he's got a torpedo slot. Oh, he does. There it is. Uh, first of all, I don't know why I was looking at that. Yeah, sure, do that. Because I was looking at the missile slot originally. On Yasby, it doesn't have a. He's got the missile torpedo slot, but upgrades. It's no, it's there. I lied. It's getting late, guys. All right, so yeah, definitely take TBS. I, I don't know if I would invest those points on that, but. It's still pretty crazy to roll six dice. All right, so let's move on. Brett, do you want to run through resistance real quick? Yeah, so I'll try and and go through them pretty quickly. Um, My favorite one is Greer in the RZ-2A wing. Um, His ability is that after you perform a maneuver, you can rotate your arc. Um, I've talked about how good this is. Uh, The first time I was on with you guys, um, that extra time on target without having to get stressed is just incredibly strong and... I, I, in my opinion, in in today's meta, he's probably the best RZ2 A-Wing. Um, Temin Wexley in the T-70 is pretty cool, too. Um, his ability still uh, allows you to do a free boost after you do a 2-4 to four speed maneuver. Um, and if you throw a Composure on him, um, you can just sort of fail that free action to get a Focus Token and then get that target lock action with your, your regular action. So like you were talking about with Grievous, you kind of have target lock focus every turn, which is a, a really nice place to be. Chewy is pretty good for resistance. Uh, when a friendly ship is destroyed at zero to three, you get to perform an action and a bonus attack. Uh, so Chewy just hits really hard. People are running him with a bunch of pods, um, which die very quickly. So, you know, maybe every turn he's getting a bonus attack, uh, you know, that action plus an attack is really going to, uh, you know, put the hurt on. Uh, Covenel is kind of my enemy after how poorly I did today. Um, but uh, if you throw a layer on her and you get to do infinite stops and backups and throw three attack dice and two green dice, uh, you know, that's a, a really great combo. Um, and, you know, Finch Dallow is out there, and I'm not much of a bomber, so I really shouldn't be the one talking about it. But being able to put bombs anywhere... And now adding fuses, so you can really start planning turns ahead. Uh, that seems like it could be really good if it's in the hands of someone who knows what they're doing. Um, and that's really almost everything they have that's I-4. So, 
I, I don't know. I, I think there's some options, but if I had to pick, it, it would be 100% Greer. I think, you know, A-wings are super fun, and when you get to do one hards after uh, doing a focus and a rotate because you're not stressed, that makes it even more fun. All right, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Um, if you guys are a fan of the show, I hope you enjoyed it. If you are a fan, check us out on our Facebook page and on our Patreon. Uh, like I said, our new alt arts are in. We're getting them worked up and getting them ready for you guys. We're going to have them at Nova to pass out for you. And if you are a Patreon, they're going to be included in your thank you notes. So keep an eye out from them. They should be out soon. And like I said, all our Patreons will be getting some of them. So uh, check that out. Other than that, I think... We don't have any events scheduled up until Nova, so probably right after Nova we will be uh, planning more things. But right now everything's just prep, prep, prep for Nova, Labor Day weekend. You'll see us there. We're all going to be wearing our Liberty Squadron shirts. Um, so come up, say hello, you know, talk to us, let us know what you think of the show. I think that's going to do it for this week's episode, though. So thank you for listening and have a good night. Yay!